This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, this is Jeff Fisher. We'll get to the podcast. First, though, what if there was a progressive liberal phone company targeting conservative candidates and organizations? Would you want to switch to a conservative phone company to help fight against their liberal agenda or do nothing and accept that as the cost of owning a phone? Well, now you can take action. That's why Patriot Mobile was created. Patriot Mobile offers nationwide talk, text, and high-speed 4G LTE data and donates up to 5% of your monthly bill to a conservative organization of your choice. You get the same quality service, the latest and greatest phones, along with competitive prices. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze or call 877-367-7524. Finally, a mobile phone company that supports the conservative values that you believe in. PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze or call 877-367-7524. PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to the broadcast. How in the world are you? Thanks for coming along for the ride today. Happy, happy day. Happy, happy day. So where shall we start? We have so much to get to in our time together. I I don't know that we'll make it all, but doggone it, we're going to try. We are going to try. If you'd like to participate, you can call 1-888-900-3393. 1-888-900-3393 is the phone number. Um, for those of you that uh, use social media, you can follow me on Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio, uh, Instagram, at JeffyMRA, and, of course, Twitter, at JeffyMRA. So I'm reading an article about the... Ratings of the NFL, the National Football League. And the article is talking about how the uh, ratings are way down this year. Um, And they're going through an entire litany of why those ratings are down. Now, obviously, you know, you have to, as a television network and as as the National Football League, uh, spending millions, if not billions of dollars um, to promote their product, uh, you have to kind of, uh, you know, shoot from the hip and take a look at all things that could possibly make that, um, make the crowd go away, make the ratings go down. As I'm reading this article, I mean, they talk about, uh, you know, the regular primetime television, uh, the way people are viewing TV, you know, they use the NFL and they used uh, live sporting events as an excuse. That's what was going to save television, right? Uh, television is going way down. Uh, viewership is way down because people are watching, uh, their viewing habits have changed. Um, along with, I mean, I understand, uh, you know, I'm, uh, my viewing habits are not with live television and even sports pushes it for me. Uh, you know, I can follow a game, uh, on social media, heck, Twitter, uh, you know, Thursday nights is doing their own football broadcast. So I can watch it. I can watch the game on Twitter. I don't need, I don't need the network. But this entire article 
goes down to players retiring and being, uh, you know, being cast aside. Uh, you know, whether they're suspended, uh, retiring, hurt, whatever. Uh, and they go down to, uh, you know, TV and other outlets to watch it. Not once, not one time in this article of, gee, I wonder why some of the, ra- why the ratings uh, plunge for the NFL. Not once. Did they mention the Colin Kaepernick? His little stand against the national anthem and the flag. Not once. Not one time in the article. See, I think that he and whatever other buddies he's got kneeling down for you know on the sideline for the national anthem hurts more than they think. And obviously they're not thinking about it or they're afraid to say it. Uh, earlier this week, we found out that, uh, you know, Colin Kaepernick, again, not only will kneel for the national anthem, but the flag is just a piece of cloth. Just a piece of cloth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is. Roger Goodell. Hey, uh, you know. I support our players when they want to see change in society. We don't live in a perfect society. We live in an imperfect society. Uh Uh-huh. Players have a platform, and it's his right to do that. Is it, Roger? Is it? They have a platform to wear shoes and clothes, too, but you make them. They've got to wear specific clothing, don't they? They can't put specific anything they want on their uniforms because you have rules, right? Right. Uh You do. Now, remember that Ed Morrissey of Hot Air mentioned when sports becomes another politicized arena for multimillionaires to lecture the fans that provide their celebrity lifestyle. It comes as no surprise that the fans will get turned off and turn the channel. Now, good news for Colin Kaepernick. and not really, though. He just restructured his deal with the 49ers, so they kind of cut his pay. Um, He restructured his deal for uh, it'll be void after uh, he can void it after the 2016 season. And it eliminates uh, about $15 million in injury guarantees. And it dissolves the three years, uh, the final three years of the six-year deal. So now it's just a, you know, it's just a rookie's two-year deal, really. Now, I know he's, uh, you know, the mayor making a big deal about he's possibly uh, you know, starting this weekend. Well, good for you, Colin. Good for you. Now, earlier this week, uh, our Supreme Court Justice, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, was interviewed by Katie Couric at Yahoo News. and <laughs> I know, don't ask. But it was a fascinating interview. The entire interview was actually fascinating uh, with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's a, you know, I mean, she's a Supreme Court justice. She's not a dummy. But there was a segment that uh, they were talking about Colin Kaepernick. And let's hear what Ruth had to say. Hmm, Ruth? Justice Ginsburg, how do you feel about San Francisco 49ers player Colin Kaepernick 
and other NFL players who have basically refused to stand for the national anthem. What do I think? I think it's really dumb of them. Would I arrest them for doing it? No. I think it's dumb and disrespectful. Uh, the same, I would have the same answer if you asked me about flag burning. I said, I think it's a terrible thing to do, but I wouldn't lock a person up for, for doing really what we asked, though, it. I would point out how ridiculous it seems to me to do such, a, such an act. But it's, a, it's dangerous to arrest people for, for, for conduct that is not, uh, doesn't jeopardize the health or well-being of other people. It's a symbol they're engaged in. But when it comes to these football players, you may find their actions offensive. Yes. But what you're saying is, it's within their rights to exercise those actions. Yeah, if they want to be stupid, there's no law uh, that should be preventive. They want to be arrogant, there's no law that prevents them from that. What, what I would really do not is, what the deal is, though, is it? Uh, strongly take issue with the point of view that they are, they are expressing when they do that. Yeah, it really isn't the, uh, the whole deal. Nobody's saying that we should arrest Colin Kaepernick or his cohorts in crime. Oh, that's not a crime. Sorry. Um, what we are saying, though, is that he should pay a little respect uh, to the country and to the national anthem and to the people who are paying his paycheck. It does hurt the welfare of the NFL, even though they haven't admitted it publicly yet. Now, Ginsburg, throughout this interview, was asked uh, several other questions uh, by Katie, and uh, she declined to answer. She said she wasn't going to say any more on the topic that she'd already commented on. And then she commented on this, which I found fascinating that she did. Um, I'm sure you know, it kind of caught her off guard. But she walked it back, of course. Uh, she put out a statement saying, uh, look, barely aware of the incident or its purpose. My comments were inappropriately dismissive and harsh. I should have declined to respond. No question. I was surprised that she did actually answer. However, she's right. And that's that's kind of the point. Because no one is saying that he should be arrested or sent off to Prison Island. We're just saying show a little bit of respect. Show a little bit of respect. And Colin, when you talk about the flag as just a piece of cloth, you're correct. The flag is just a piece of cloth. And you are just a piece of, well, you know, not cloth. I can't take much more of this guy. He's performing in a sport that's providing him a great income and a great platform. And to use that platform to knock the very country that makes his lifestyle possible is really getting under my skin. I know 
I know, I know. The flag, just cloth. The national anthem, just a song. I got it. It may be time, though. Perhaps that everyone just takes a knee and bows their head. What then, Colin? Will you stand? Oh, no, you can't do that. Maybe then. Maybe then. You'll just go away. Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. So, last week, I mean, we were uh, busy uh, covering Hurricane Matthew as it was uh, ravaging the east coast of the U.S. And, uh, you know, after churning through Haiti... I mean, you look at some of the damage now. If you look at the before and after photos, uh, tore up roads, houses are underwater. Uh, North Carolina and South Carolina are pretty much a flood zone. Um, at least, I think, forty people have perished. Um. People are really suffering. I don't know if you've ever had uh, been around uh, flood damage before, but it ain't pretty. You can quote me on that. It ain't pretty. I, uh, my grandparents lived on a river, not on the river. <laughs> they lived on property that was next to a river that the river was attached to. Uh, and every year it flooded. So, you know, every year, I mean, there were pictures, and we always, you know, loved when the river, the the house was on a lot, and then there was one lot between the house and the river. So every year the river would flood, and it would come up, you know, the first lot. Some years it would come all the way up to the back porch of the house. Some years it would just be half the back lot. Um, And that's, you know, that's where where the garden was, right? That's That's where you plant the garden. It's fertile ground. 
Then one year, it flooded horribly. You know, the the flood of a lifetime. Uh, And it came almost to the ceiling of the first floor. So after the water receded, I never, I mean, I was flabbergasted walking into the house. And, you know, it's your grandparents' house. It's where you spend all this time in places in the house that, you know, meant something. And it's gone. The, along the along the, the wall, about, I don't know, about a foot, maybe a foot from the ceiling, there's that water line all the way around, all the way up. And everything below that water line is gone. I mean, there were two sheds out back that had, you know, Thousands of dollars of equipment gone. Um, you know, you were. I have a couple of things uh, from my grandparents' home that were on the top shelf of a bookcase that went to the ceiling. And, you know, this, obviously the stuff below that, below the waterline, gone. But there were a few things up on the top shelf that made it through because the water didn't go over them. And so I have those, and those are, you know, those are items that mean the most. So these people that are losing everything or losing everything up to the top shelf, to the ceiling, um, I I completely understand. And then uh, living in Florida for so many years, I know what hurricanes do to people. I mean, they freak you out. You know they're coming. You've battened down the hatches, and you either, you know, you know you live in a flood zone, or maybe you don't live in a flood zone, but if you live in Florida or South Carolina or North Carolina, and you know that, okay, I don't live in an insurance company flood zone, but odds are these big storms, you're going to be in a flood zone. You just are. You just are. I mean, Florida is swampland, for goodness sakes. I mean, the soldiers went in there to try to get the Indians out, you know, hundreds of years ago and couldn't do it. Why? Swampland. The Florida Indians knew how to take care of themselves. The soldiers from the north, not so much. But that's a different history story. And you lose, I remember, uh, you know, when your parents are living in another state, when I first moved to Florida and the hurricanes are coming through and my folks are up north and they're worried, they're worried, they're worried, and they're trying to get a hold of you. The phone lines are down There's and, uh, you know, they're not sure. And all you hear on the news is how devastating the hurricane is. Florida wiped from the earth. It's possible. More at six. And so you're trying to get, you know, they, we called a call. We couldn't get through. We were worried. We kept hearing all these bad stuff. Well, there's a story from uh, Flagler County, the Palm Coast of Florida. It's on the East Coast, uh, where a uh, people were trying to get a hold of their grandmother, uh, who lived there, and they live in Nebraska. And you know, phone lines are down; they couldn't get a hold of her. Wanted to make sure everything was okay, find out what's going on. Uh, obviously, I mean, even if you live in Nebraska and think, "Well, I'm going to go down and check on her," you're not getting in. It's rare that they're going to let you in. But so this uh, this family 
uh, realized that there were the Papa Johns in the neighborhood, and God love Papa Johns in Flagler County, probably made a, a fortune because it was the only place open. They were delivering pizzas to everybody. So the guy in Nebraska calls and orders a pizza for his grandmother and on the receipt asked, and obviously Papa John's, I mean, you can order online anywhere in America. Um, they may have they may have called, but I'm pretty sure that they uh, you know, did it online. And on the receipt, it said, call this number when you arrive. And they called, you know, the guy had a cell phone and he, Called Nebraska, and a knocked on the door. She almost didn't let him in. She almost didn't let him in. Claire Olson. And the guy said, "No, no, no! I'm delivering a pizza. I have your grandson on the phone." And so she opened it up, and they were just calling to check on her. Had ordered her a pizza, and. She got to talk to her grandson. Everything was fine. And, of course, the heartwarming story. Pizza to Grandma in Flagler County. And the delivery the delivery guy was so, so heartfelt and so warm. It was just wonderful. Not sure if he got a good tip out of the deal, though. So, if you don't have a grandma to send a pizza to, you can still help. By going to mercuryone.org. Mercuryone.org. There's plenty of Claire Olsons out there that don't have grandsons in Nebraska ordering their pizzas. And that is what Mercury One is for. Mercuryone.org. The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. I don't know. People are committing crimes all over America every day. And sometimes it's frustrating because you think, man, I mean, we take for granted our safety. We take for granted our safety every day. I mean, we have such trust in people doing the right thing, right? I mean, we have... We have trust that, uh, well, I'm crossing the street and the light is red, that none of those cars are going to accelerate and run me over, right? I mean, we have people, we trust that that's not going to happen. It does, but rarely. So, I mean, that's what we have jails and prisons for, right? And that's what we have courts for and judges and police officers to, you know, make us uh, feel safer and also, you know, to react when someone goes against the grain and, uh, you know, breaks into our safe space. Well, a former executive from Pennsylvania is going to pay a $5,000 fine and only get three years probation. No jail time. The companies that this executive was running shut down. Okay? Shut down. Why? (laughs) 
I don't. It's so horrible. I don't know that I can read it on the air, but I will. Her family controlled business, sold grated Swiss and mozzarella cheeses that were mislabeled and fraudulently represented as Parmesan and Romano cheese. Thank God this woman is put away, well, at least on probation, and paying a fine and doesn't have a business to run anymore. Now, the USDA said, hey, during, uh, you know, consumers also questioned whether the cheeses had too much cellulose in them, too. Uh, that's, uh, you know, <laughs> don't laugh. Uh, that's filler made from wood pulp. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't bring that up in the court case. They might have locked her up and thrown away the key had that come out in the court case. But it didn't. What the case was about was that Swiss and mozzarella cheeses were mislabeled and fraudulently represented as Parmesan and Romano cheese. <laughs> I know. I know what you're thinking. How can this person be out walking the street today? Michelle Murder. Is it Murder? M-Y-R-T-E-R. Michelle Murder. I can't say her last name is Murder because she should be in jail if her last name is Murder. Right? It's got to be Miter. Miter? We'll just call her Michelle. Now let's just call her the guilty executive. The guilty former executive. I mean, the company is shut down. She pled guilty to a conspiracy charge related to the mislabeling on behalf of the company's international packing and universal cheese and drying. The companies, based in western Pennsylvania, ceased operations, agreed to forfeit $500,000 each. The FDA said the imitation cheeses made by a third family-owned but now defunct firm. So... Now there's three companies out of business. Not supplying <laughs> not supplying cheese to America. Though the cheese wasn't unsafe to eat. No, get out of here. The cheese that was fraudulently represented as Parmesan and Romano cheese was not unsafe to eat. <laughs> But customers, you, the customer, being cheated by paying for more expensive Italian cheese and we're getting cheaper varieties. <laughs> that bastard executive. The cheeses tasted like Parmesan and Romano, but weren't aged as long as they were made from Casian's proteins found in milk instead of actual milk. Those bastards. She acknowledged knowing that was done illegally, but agreed to plead guilty as someone who, in her position, was legally responsible for the company's actions. The former executive was a trustee with a family trust that gave her an indirect controlling ownership. Why is this, why is this woman walking the streets? I mean, we take our safety for granted in America. <laughs> Another crime. Another crime. That, I mean, I 
feel so much better. Okay. Polk County, Florida. Polk County, Florida. A man was arrested for having a milk crate on his bicycle. (laughs) I feel safer. I mean, I feel like I want to live in Polk County now. Sheriff. Come on, I know Sheriff Grady Judd in Polk County, Florida. I love the guy. He's a good man. But come on now. Come on. Now, I know. I got it. I worked in the grocery business for a thousand years of my life. The first thousand years of my life. So I know shopping carts are expensive and it's illegal to have. I mean, they're, they belong to the company, right? You're not supposed to take them. And some, you know, some grocery stores have the, uh, you know, the little, uh, you know, the little electronic uh, dog. I, what the heck is it called? You know, the little dog, uh, <laughs> the electronic, <laughs> the electronic dog collar. So the dog can't leave the yard. The dog gets electrocuted so he doesn't go past the, past the line. That's what they put on those shopping carts. So when the, you know, you pass the line, the wheels don't go around. Those are ex- more expensive than the regular shopping carts, by the way. And you see a number of, I have in the past seen a number of people who I would guess were homeless. I don't know that they were. Uh, trying to push the cart past the electronic barrier, and it doesn't go over well. However, it's illegal to have those. <laughs> yeah. And so are the milk crates. Okay? The milk crates that belong to the dairy or the store itself, you don't just keep those. <laughs> no. Okay, like the postal service boxes, the post office boxes, people, you know, put stuff in around their homes. <laughs> You're lucky that Homeland Security doesn't break down your door. Okay. Now, the deputies charged a trailer with possession of a dairy crate. He was out riding his bicycle uh, past 10 p.m., and they stopped him, and the deputy said, Hey, freeze. Not only are you riding your bike past 10 p.m., because we're just going to stop you and find out why, you have a milk crate attached to your bicycle. (laughs) You are under arrest. Now, I know. I know that the sheriff's department believe that, you know, hey, look, you're possessing something that's stolen, doesn't matter what it is, and that's the way it goes. The officer is the right thing. And I'm sure that they feel that if you're out in the after 10 p.m. in the evening and you're already possessing stolen items like a milk crate, you're probably, it's probable you could be doing other crimes. And then we find out that, you know, okay, the guy that was arrested for the milk crate has got a big long rap sheet. 
So that doesn't make the milk crate arrest any better. Okay? I'm sorry, it just doesn't. I get I get the whole thing. I got it. It's illegal to have them. But are you really seriously spending my tax dollars arresting people for having a milk crate? Now, if the guy's got a truckload of them, if the guy's got, uh, you know, a truckload of milk crates and they're not his, arrest him. If the guy's got a truckload of shopping carts, I arrest him. But I don't see you arresting the guy downtown with the shopping cart. I'm sure it's an added-on charge when you do arrest him. Not only was he sleeping on the street corner, and not only was he trying to steal a lady's purse, he had a shopping cart. The horror. So here's two crimes. A man illegally possessing a milk crate and a former executive (laughs) mislabeling and fraudulently representing Swiss and mozzarella cheeses as Parmesan and Romano. I don't know about you. But I feel safer. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Fisher Show. All right, congratulations to 75-year-old rock legend, Mr. Bob Dylan, gets the Nobel Prize. I know, congratulations. Been awarded the 2016 Nobel Prize for Literature, becoming the first songwriter to win the prestigious award. Think about it, though. Bob Dylan... I was forced to kind of like Bob over the years. Uh, so, you know, good for him. Uh, congratulations. Um, and I've seen him live. Uh, I don't know, I've seen him live a couple times. He's okay. You know, he's all right. And he never did uh, He never did my favorite song in concert, which I was a little pissed at him for. I wanted to hear, uh, 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 you know, Crown of Thorns. I know that's not the name of the song, though. Shoot. It's my favorite song, and I can't remember the name of it. The heck is it? It's a uh, oh shoot. Anyway, I'll think of it. I'll think of it. But I, you know, I'm a fan of him. Congratulations, get the Nobel Prize. Good for you, right? Good for Bob. And he gets like a million and a half Kronos or whatever. So he ends up with yeah. That, I just I would I just had a thank you, Brittany. Shelter from the storm. That's my favorite Bob Dylan song. I love that stupid song. He does it, do I see him live and he sings it? No, of course not. Why would he do that? Why would he sing the song that I like live in concert? So you know what? I don't want him to have the Nobel Prize now. I'm mad at him again. Yeah, I'm mad at him again. All right, so this weekend, if you're in the Metroplex, the DFW area, you need to come out to the 
Bell Helicopter Fort Worth Alliance Air Show. Happens today and tomorrow. Uh, man, they've been practicing all over this neck of the woods. Uh, the Thunderbirds are out here. Uh, they've been flying over all kinds of uh, planes and everybody else practicing out here. So it's going to be exciting. And, you know, you'll be able to, I'll, I'll, re, uh, I'll repost some of my wife's pictures. She's going crazy with uh, taking pictures. She's been out there taking pictures uh, at the airport uh, the past couple of days as they do their practice runs. So we'll be out there. And then again, uh, today and tomorrow uh, at the Bell Helicopter Fort Worth Alliance Air Show 2016. Uh, the very own Glenn Beck will be out there. <laughs> I know. I know. He's going to be out there signing books today and tomorrow. Uh, signing books. And he's going to be signing books by uh, the uh, you know the Mercury airplane, uh, the DC-9, that they're going to be showing off at the air show, which is uh, you know pretty impressive. Uh, kind of a kind of a cool DC nine airplane. I know Glenn's pretty happy with it. He thinks he's he thinks he's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, whatever. It's a historic DC nine. Presidential candidates flew on it. <laughs> His man Ronald Reagan flew on it. Been flying around the country since nineteen sixty six. You know, he kind of likes it. It's got a new paint job. It's got his little favorite tail picture on it. You know, he likes it. So he'll be out there signing books. You come by, you wait in line, you get Glenn to sign a book for you, you take a look at the airplanes, and then you look up at the ones flying over. It'll be fun. At the Bell Helicopter, Fort Worth Alliance, Air Show, Air Show. It'll actually be fun out there. It's it's, uh, it's a really good time. I know I'm looking forward to it. I haven't been uh, last year. Uh, my wife is... Uh, Let's, uh, I'm hoping that she's still in it. My wife is a little uh, airplane, uh, air show crazy. Uh, she kind of loses her mind uh, when these uh, all these classic airplanes are flying around. And she just has to get her camera out and cameras. And she's running around taking all these pictures. So, of course, we go over there last year. And we're out there in the middle of fields all around Fort Worth Alliance taking pictures. So... This year, this year I got her inside. Go be crazy over there, okay? Love you. Bye. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right. I uh, mentioned uh, Glenn Beck at the end of uh, last hour. And I'm still, uh, you know, I, I work with the man for so many years now. And uh, they're from time to time, uh, you know, you think to yourself, uh, you know, you just don't like the guy. I mean, and today that's where I'm at. Today that's where I'm at. Uh, yesterday, uh, we announced, uh, you know, I talked to you on the show about uh, The Walking Dead sending a gift. And... Uh, Waiting for it to arrive. It finally arrived. 
those of you who follow me on Facebook uh, at Jeffy or Jeffy Jeff Fisher Radio and Twitter at Jeffy MRA and Instagram at Jeffy MRA uh, know that the gift arrived and that we were looking forward to it. My my co-host for Talking Walking Dead, uh, Brad Staggs and Jason Buttrell, uh, looking forward to opening the gift and seeing what Walking Dead had sent. Uh, they made a point of saying that their gift was not something that was for sale uh, to other fans. It was a gift specifically for me and, uh, you know, for being such a, a, a caring and loving fan of Walking Dead AMC. So after the radio show yesterday, uh, we had planned on doing a Facebook Live, which we did. And you can go to the Blaze Facebook page, and I shared it at Jeff Fisher Radio as well, and watch the watch the uh, the Facebook live cast. And we were going to open the gift sent from Walking Dead. Uh, this is the time when uh, Glenn Beck uh, walks in and decides that, oh hey, wow, that's really cool, Jeffy. We need to open that on my radio show. We can Facebook it live there, too, at the same time. But why just waste it on Facebook Live and you when we can do it on my radio show? Oh. So, okay, Mr. Jealous, uh, that, uh, you know, you didn't get a gift, but you want to open my gift on your radio show? Fine. Whatever. I mean, one of the things that happens is Glenn doesn't get told no very often and of course he didn't get told no yesterday either so on monday i still have the gift here pisses me off that i can't open it Uh, the facebook live post i open up a couple of other gifts that were sent Uh, i got uh, some burning man gifts that were fantastic uh from uh a few years ago burning man a hat some shot glasses some Patches, some uh, some keychains, really cool stuff. Some dog tags, some some real cool stuff, and I really appreciate uh, really appreciate it very much having that sent to me. And uh, you know, I gave uh, I gave Brad and Jason a gift. I felt bad that you know Walking Dead sent me just me the gift. You know, they just sent me at Jeffy MRA the gift. Not Brad, not Jason, and not Glenn. But hey, it's okay, whatever. He's got a few more listeners than me. <laughs> it's a show off. It's a big syndicated show. I got it. Uh, so uh, Monday on the Glenn Beck radio program, along with the Facebook Live vid, on the Blaze Facebook page, uh, we will have the opening of the Walking Dead gift. So I'm excited. I think I know what it is. I, I'm pretty sure I think I know what it is. Uh, you can guess. You can go to you know the Facebook page or Twitter and guess. And you know the first person who guessed it right, you know, we'll send them a prize. I know Jason wants to send them some kind of prize and. We'll do, a, you know, we'll do a podcast, a Talking Walking Dead, uh, to talk about it and to talk about the upcoming premiere, October twenty third, for the season seven, which should be a really good. And I think we're going to start. Uh, 
We've talked about it. I think we're going to start doing our Talking Walking Dead podcast as a Facebook Live at the same time. So you'll be able to see it and listen to it. <laughs> I mean, you're welcome. Okay? You're welcome. That still doesn't change the fact that when you go see Glenn Beck this weekend at the Alliance Air Show, and you have him sign his book, and he's standing there and you say, oh, Glenn, I love you. I think you're great. Remind him that I'm mad at him for making me wait the entire weekend to open the gift. Okay? I'm pretty sure it could be a walker arm. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty big. It's heavy. Uh, if you look at the cast, we kind of try to guess what it might be, what it could be. Uh, you know, it could be a walker arm. Could be Cecil's leg. I mean, I don't know. I actually think that it's going to be a replica of Lucille Negan's bat. It's heavy. If you look at the box, the way it's got to be opened, I think it's going to be enclosed in a case, and it's going to be Negan's bat with the barbed wire around the top and hopefully some blood and brains dripping off of it. And uh, it should be, you know, it'll be really, really cool. And uh, it will also be really, really cool to know that it is mine. I will share it with you, the viewer and listener of this show and the podcast, because, you know, I appreciate you being there. Just as sometime down the road, I will appreciate again Glenn Beck being there, but just not today. Just not today. (laughs) Okay. So... Tune in on Monday, and we'll find out exactly what it is. And then we'll post the uh, a new Talking Walking Dead podcast on Monday afternoon as well, as per usual. Week away. Week away, I know, man. I'm fired up. A week away. All right, let's talk about the future, shall we? The future. What does the future hold? The future holds a couple of things that are pretty fascinating. This particular story uh, is the future that is already really here. It's just New York catching up to it. And they're making such a big deal about the New York State's metropolitan transportation going cashless with their tolls. Um, I will say that I lived in uh, New Jersey for a while, lived in Pennsylvania for a while, lived now I've lived in Texas. And uh, those tolls are pretty much cashless. Okay. Uh, the one in New Jersey, I think you could pay cash at, yeah, you could pay cash if you didn't have the, if you didn't have the transponder, but it's so much easier to use the transponder, uh, in New Jersey. Now here in Texas, there is no cash at all. It's, uh, use the toll roads, you get charged. Uh, whether you have a, whether you have a tag or not, uh, if you have a tag, it's cheaper. But if you decide that you're driving and you go, man, I'm not taking that way. I'm going the toll. And you don't have the tag, they charge you anyway. They just mail it to your house. So you're already part of the government plot. The feds know where you're at, okay? They have a way of finding you. So your safety is already shot to hell. Uh, and I... I'm okay. I wish that every state there's toll. Every state has different toll roads, and I, you know, everything. I got it. And there's, having the actual toll roads is another argument. I know. I mean, it's rare 
that a state or a municipality says, hey, we're going to build a toll road. Once it's paid for, we're taking the tolls down. Eh, eh. Good luck taking those tolls down ever. I know. I got that. Because there's always something, well, we can take the toll down or we can use that money to better this. Vote on it this Tuesday. And nobody ever takes it away. It's always, yeah, we'll just keep paying that so the kids will be safer over here. It's just the way it works. But so in New York, you've got something to look forward to uh, with your cashless tolls. Uh, I don't know why they're making such a big deal about it. You know, they're spending millions of dollars to upgrade it. I guess the, you know, the union toll takers are pissed. Um, They'll get new jobs. Hey, here's an idea. Why don't you work for the state doing something else? I don't know. Clean the roads. Do something useful. Okay. Okay. Why don't you guys split up the drive time uh, tow truck driver jobs? So the 24-7, the state has a tow truck on the toll road. So if something breaks down, they can tow your butt to the garage. How about that? Who provide that for a little toll money? Just an idea. Just a thought. But I am, I am awful. I think that every, if you have tolls, it should be universal. So that if I have a pass that, now I guess each state, now that I talk about it out loud, each state could have their own, it could be universal, but if it's, if you're in state, then you get, say, charged a buck. And if you're from out of state, you get charged a dollar twenty-five or something like that. I don't know. But. It should be universal. I should not have to, I should have a tag on my car and I should be able to use it any damn place in this country. Period. Take it off the account. In Texas, once you have the account, I mean, it's, you're down below $2. Boop. They immediately take the money from your bank account and put some more money onto your account. If you don't have a card, they just charge you. You just get the bill in the mail. You've gone through the toll 852 times. You now owe us $8 million. And they've got a lot of delinquents out there doing that. Uh, and ever so often they try to break down the delinquents. I know the, you know the percentages drop when they go to cashless. It's weird. I don't know. You know the percentages drop. They also you know, they're complaining about the environment because cars don't have to stop. They're not stopping and waiting in line, so it's saving the environment, helping. Okay, whatever. Now, in New York, though, I mean, the toll roads around here, there's a couple of them that are kind of expensive, but most of them are, you know, a couple bucks, a dollar. Depending on use times, you know, it goes up. It's really busy. We're going to charge you more. Isn't that illegal? Anyway, um. It's not price gouging, but hey, that's another thought. Um, But in New York, I mean, you can't cross a bridge for under $150. So good luck having that in your account every week. Okay? Good luck having that in your account every week. Now, when I lived in Michigan, I lived in a, you know, crappy apartment up above a bagel shop. And it really wasn't a crappy apartment. I loved it. I loved the apartment. Uh, it was a great apartment. It was up above a bagel shop. We had the back windows on the alley. Across the alley was a rest of a fancy restaurant, and the cooks and you know all the bus people and everything would come out into the alley, and that's where they would smoke their cigarettes. Well, we used to trade uh, items, 
merchandise for food with the from the from the workers. So we ate like kings. I mean, the nights of buckets of crab legs and steaks were many nights, thanks to uh, the restaurant The Bank uh, on the other side of the alley, because the workers, uh, you know, we may have talked to them a few times in the alley, and they, you know, could contact us because we were on the second floor by just hollering up or you know tossing a rock up in the window, that kind of thing. And we may have had merchandise that they wanted. I mean, it was a it was a win win situation for both parties. But when I was living in this apartment, there really wasn't no any wasn't any place to park. So you could there was a few places where you could park for free, free parking, and that was either you know four or five blocks away, or uh, there were a couple of places. Uh, it was close to a bridge. Now you could park under the bridge, and you could park in a parking lot uh, attached just uh, right you know next door to the bridge. But many of those places were meters so a lot of times i would come home late at night and you know the meter maids weren't out until after 8 a.m right so what we would do is we would get up and move our cars where you could park during the day for free but at night it was close and we would park there and you know you, you beat the meter maid now many days you didn't meet the you didn't beat the meter maid so you'd get a parking ticket and you get a parking ticket. Now, I cannot tell you the feeling of despair and heartbreak. I used to park in a, the parking lot where you could look out the, if you leaned out the window of our apartment on the second floor and looked to the right across the street, you could see the parking lot. So where I would park in that parking lot, you could just look out and see if your car was there and, uh, you know, just see your car. So on the days that I knew I had to beat the meter maid, I would get up and I would race to the window and I'd look out the window and if there was, if my car was still sitting there with nothing on it, I would race down to move it. There were several mornings when you wake up and you see the boot on your tire. I think it's called the Denver boot. Man, does that suck. Because you can't drive your car. You can't move it. And what you have to do is pay your parking fines. And that gets a little little pricey. A little pricey. Okay? I can't tell you how much that sucks. Now, I found a way around it. Kind of. Uh, I found out that you could pay a percentage to get the boot taken off. You didn't have to pay the full amount. You could pay a percentage and then agree, obviously, to pay the rest. But they would come and take the boot off. But there is nothing like seeing the boot coming around the corner and seeing that boot strapped on your front tire. Well, there's a new boot now that they have called the Barnacle. And I got to tell you, as cute as this thing is, it still would suck seeing it on your car. It goes on your windshield, not your tires. And it's suction locked onto your windshield so you can't see to drive. Okay, and it's weighs less. They're promoting it. Did you ever try to move one of those boots? They're heavy. This comes in to under 20 pounds, and you just unfold it and put it on the windshield. And then uh, it's a vacuum. You have the suction cups, and it creates a vacuum, and it's got an integrated GPS signal. So if the car moves, an alarm sends, uh, it goes to the law, and they can come and get you. 
Now, you can call and have the code. to. Re- it's kind of cool. The one thing that's cool about it is that you can call and, you know, pay the bill over the phone, and then they give you a code, and you release it, and you have 24 hours to return it. That's kind of cool, right? Because if you have the boot, you got to wait for somebody. you got to wait for the tow truck guy to come and unlock it and move it, and it's heavy. And it's a, I mean, it's a long, tedious process. The only thing I see wrong with this is that I have to call and pay the whole bill. Now, I mean, if you give me a way to just to pay a percentage and get this thing off, I'm good. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show is on. That it is. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Coming up immediately following this broadcast is Lawrence Jones. And then Mike Slater and Joe Paggs all live and bringing you your live Saturday broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. Of course, the show before this, Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Uh, He was just on. I don't know what Mike gave away today. Uh, I'm sure it was was something well worth your time. Uh, Brittany tells me it was a book. I I overheard the glitter ladies. Uh, I'm pretty sure that at some point you're going to be getting the Opelka glitter. Uh, it could be the special Opelka beard glitter jar. And uh, boy, can't wait for that, huh? <laughs> uh, me either. Okay, so one of the devices that I was reading about this week that I was thinking, I don't know that I want it. I mean, the future is kind of cool with devices, but there's a tiny scanner. That can tell you how many calories are in the food you're holding before you eat it. No thanks. I pretty much know that the Chick-fil-A sandwich with cheese and that chocolate shake probably isn't a couple hundred calories. It probably isn't a couple hundred calories. And I don't really want to know. I don't want to know. I want to pretend it's 200 calories, okay? Let me pretend. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Monday through Friday here on the Blaze Radio. Doc Thompson and Skip Lacombe. Glenn Beck, uh, who, by the way, will be uh, assisting me in opening my Walking Dead gift Monday on the radio broadcast along with a Facebook Live at the same time uh, on the Blaze Facebook page. Buck Sexton who I'm sure wishes he had my free Walking Dead gift. Chris Salcedo and Patton Stoop. <laughs> I mean, that's a Monday through Friday that, you know, you're welcome. And then Saturdays, you've got Michael Pelka, moi, Lawrence Jones, Mike Slater, Joe Pegg, Sunday, David Barton, 
Bill Handel, Jackie D on a little energy talk. Oh, we've got some gun talk. We've got some Hollywood rewind. Show. I mean, my gosh. Nowhere else. There's no need. There's no need. Theblaze.com slash radio. Lock it in. And throw the knob away. Theblaze.com slash radio. Now, this story is kind of agonizing. Kind of agonizing. Because you think to yourself, well, first of all, we're hearing, you know, we keep hearing clown stories and clown stories and clown stories and clown stories and clown stories. And, you know, they've got everybody, every network in America has found uh, one of their, a, a person who is a clown in their, in their listening, in their viewership, who is saddened by the portrayal of clowns because they are helping people. And they don't want to give clowns a bad name. And then, of course, McDonald's, Ronald McDonald, will be taking a a respite for some time because clowns are giving, people being bad clowns are giving clowns a bad name. And we don't want Ronald to be around for that. Um, he won't. It's okay. Um, you know, Ronald McDonald is pretty much a set clown. Uh, although I kind of understand what they're doing. They're kind of saying, hey, you know, Ronald, we're going to take give Ronald uh, a break so that if you do see a Ronald McDonald, uh, that's a bad one. That's a bad one. Because, the guy, you know, there was a guy, the guy that played Ronald McDonald in Tampa Bay, Florida. Uh, I, you know, I, obviously, you know, I worked there forever. So, I mean, I, I'm still, you know, I met all these dingleberries. And uh, the guy that played Ronald McDonald in Tampa Bay, he worked for the company that, I forget the name of the company, but they owned like, I don't know, 20 or 40 McDonald's. <laughs> I know. Kind of a good business platform. And uh, he was the Ronald McDonald for them. And so, you know, he obviously all the grand openings and, you know, all the appearances and stuff. And he was a great Ronald McDonald. I have some pictures of, I'll post a picture of, of me and Ronald uh, from a lot. I have it somewhere. I just saw it not long ago. And, uh, he was, you know, he was always talking. He was a fan, always, you know, wanted to talk about the news. You know, when he when he was alone, you were standing there talking to him. But he would never let you know who he was. He was always just Ronald McDonald. I tried. I made it my mission for a couple of years when we had a. a really heavy relationship with this company and and the McDonald's. So I saw Ronald quite often. Um, I made it my mission to find out who this guy was. No go. He would not do it. This is the guy you want on your side of the military because I believe I could have hung him by the Ronald McDonald's shoes and he would not tell me who he was. That's the kind of guy he was. And that's the Florida Ronald McDonald for you right there. Speaking of Florida... Chuck in Florida.com joining me from where are you at today? I am reporting live today from the Lakeland Zombie Fest. That's right. The zombie apocalypse has started and it's right here in central Florida. Um, all I can say is Ronald McDonald has got nothing on these guys. The Lakeland, Florida Zombie Fest. 
That is correct. In fact, uh, info details at LakelandZombieFest.com and Facebook.com slash LakelandZFest. Going on all day today, starting around 2 p.m. is when they open the gates officially. However, I can tell you that there is quite a display of the undead walking around here and in full regalia today. That is great. Uh, are you one of them? <laughs> uh, actually, I am coming as uh, the big giant, or I should say the evil giant head today. I will be uh, appearing in Dr. Garb trying to help cure the zombie apocalypse. In my uh, uh, costume, I have uh, the, the big giant bulbous head and a lab coat with all the inoculations needed to uh, potentially cure the zombie outbreak. I must have a picture tagged to me at Jeffy MRA on Twitter as soon as that outfit uh, I, goes on. Uh, I promise that will happen. In fact, uh, I have some uh, special guests that I'll be posing with photos with today, one of them being Justin Kuslain, who was the guy who played in last season's episode where uh, Rick strangled out the guy that was attacking uh, the Hilltop uh, people leader. What was his name? Yeah, Justin had a very famous scene where uh, he was he was about to kill the, 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 the new alliance leader. And uh, Rick uh, choked him out with, with much gore. It was uh, one of my favorite scenes so, of the whole season. I am a huge fan of a no. guy. Well, you know, I'm a fan of... of of walking dead obviously but i am also a fan of people who now are going around to these festivals making money (laughs) this is america this is america now this is true this is true he's making money because he was in one scene killed on walking dead i well justin i have to give him credit he has done himself proud Oh, yeah, yeah it of is course. a great thing. You know he him as Bill the, the Dead Guy on episode five <laughs> of season six. I love that. Yeah, yeah, there's another zombie uh, who has been uh, to quite some acclaim. Ted the Zombie uh, should be here today also. He was also one of the early season Walking Dead, like season four or five. And uh, he, I don't know why he was such a special kill. But uh, this guy's costume is one of my favorites because he's just gaunt and looks the part normally. You know what I mean? Takes very right. little makeup. Right. But when he does lay it on, man, he is absolutely the undead. It is, it is an awesome sight. Dr. Terror Eyes will also be joining me. Terror Eyes. He is an optometrist who does the same thing, goes around to Todd's plays and teaches people about how to put on their costumes for the appropriate uh, scare factor or or fan uh, support of, you know, the various cosplays and, and the Comic-Con festivals where all these guys get together and charge up to $50 for an autograph. See what I'm saying? That's America <laughs> right there. That's America. Seriously, come on. I love the way right, you Right, right. And, and then I there's another the pal of mine, uh, <laughs> another buddy of mine, Scott, from, uh, Scott Fenister from uh, Face Off. I think he was season six or seven. Uh, no, I'm sorry, that's that's wrong. It was season 10, if I remember right. And uh, anyway, he was one of the, I think, top three finalists. Scott was an, uh, he's an amazing makeup artist. He used to be from Orlando, Florida, and he travels around doing makeup demos and, uh, you know, showing people how to set up their, their uh, mannequins for their own, you know, cosplay uh, costume building and creating so their makeup. This guy so forth, is going so. around, this guy is going around giving classes, making money because he was, a top loser in season 10 of face off. Is that right? Am I not understanding that properly? I wouldn't quite word it that way, but you know, he did not win. That is correct. <laughs> I 
freaking love America. I do. I do. <laughs> Jeffy, all you that need to do is, is set up a booth, and you could, you too can charge $50 for an autograph and $20 right? for a selfie. Come on. You may have seen me in season one. <laughs> right. Season one, episode three, I was the 50th walker in the herd. Come on. Come on now. Well, you were you were the, the, the top dog on Talking Walking Dead. So, I mean, there you Thank go. You. There's your, your claim to fame, no right? And I, yeah, I can't no... wait to see what's in that damn box you've been talking about for a month. I know. I know. Monday. <laughs> Got to wait till Monday. I'm really, I'm really mad at Glenn Beck about oh, that now. Monday. My God, you're killing I me. I know. I know. But no, uh, well. I, I, the only way I can be a walker now in Walking Dead is, and I, I've already given, I, listen, I worked it out. I figured out how. Yeah. I can be a walker in The Walking Dead. All right. Oh, I know that I know that they don't have uh, you know overweight walkers. Uh, even yeah, even athletic even <laughs> athletically overweight walkers. Okay, I know that they don't have those. However, yeah. I'm I'm giving in, and I will say that I will be a walker on fear. I will I will drop down because I know fear is newer. Okay, so yeah, there's much newer. There's yeah, so there's. You know, the people are still, you know, closer to being human, closer to being alive. And I believe that they should just let me wash up on shore in Mexico at the hotel. (laughs) What do you think? Come on. Come on, man. There's too much that comes to mind for washing up on shore like a beached whale. I just don't want to go there. I know, but I'm saying I could be in. I'm in. That's my part. And then I could travel. In the early Walking Dead was the guy in the well who was all yeah, blown I mean, up. He was the, fr- he in the was, water. Yeah. He's he's the only fat guy. So that's what I'm saying. Right. I could be the other fat guy. I could travel to every zombie fest in America being the fat guy that washed up on shore as the walker. I'm telling you, I'm in. I'm happy to do your makeup for that one, brother. <laughs> speaking of that, speaking of that. Yeah. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, being a, you know, a makeup artist is uh, a little of what you do uh, in sure. real life. Um, are, have you made it to the big time yet? I mean, have you done, like, can you say that you've done, uh, you know, the third Walker in episode four on Walking Dead yet? Or I haven't broken into the TV side. I have done a couple of movies, uh, a couple of Hollywood productions, and uh, there's been uh, just some minor makeup effects. Nothing quite as extravagant as a Walker or, you know, any blood and gore effects. However, I did have a baby zombie that is going to appear in a movie that was shot in Texas. And I can't wait to release that information. As soon as they give me the green light and the embargo's up, we're going to post photos of that one. Uh, that's in post-production now. And uh, my, my, my favorite thing was making an animatronic zombie baby. i gotta, I got to admit, that was nice. a lot of fun last year. Now, are you uh, going to attempt to be, I don't know, a top loser on, on one of the face-off shows <laughs> to maybe you could travel around? or? Well, let me put it this way. I have applied to face off in the past at, at, at some encouragement from the local guys, you know, some of the my peers. And I have done well, but I have not made it past the Hollywood uh, screeners yet. Uh, and I, from what I understand, it is truly a reality TV show. And, and, you know, what that means is that not a lot of it's real. So, Oh, my gosh. Now you're throwing it under the bus because you're pissed they didn't pick you. Okay. <laughs> no, not at all. No. Okay. Yeah, in not fact, at all. if anybody's no. listening, I'd be happy to apply again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So now I love it because you're out at this uh, zombie fest and you're saying that, that no, I wasn't picked. Uh, it's, it's, right. Yeah. No. That shows, not, that shows crap. Not a finalist. Yeah. That shows crap. This crappy, is where the but... true losers go to set up their booth and I only, uh, only charging 10 bucks for a selfie. You know, I'll, I'll be damned if I work my art for that piece of crap show. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> 
I'm above it. Yeah, that's totally it. <laughs> All right, so Zombie Fest in Lakeland, Florida, going on today. ChuckInFlorida.com. Thank you very much. Coming March with the undead. Thank you, brother. I'm looking for the pictures. I want them. At Jeffy MRA. Let's go. Don't forget me. You got it. See you soon. So the University of Florida, the administration, speaking of Florida again, uh, University of Florida, they're preparing, uh, they're preparing for Halloween, the festivities, the fun, the games, by reminding students that bias education and response team is prepared to handle complaints about offensive costumes. Additionally, the school will provide 24 hours, seven days a week counseling to anyone who is offended by a particular costume. I would say that if you're in college and you're offended by a particular Halloween costume, you should go back home and tell your parents that you're never going to leave their house and you want them to take care of you for the rest of your life. If you've reached the age to be in college, and you're offended by a Halloween outfit, it's time for you No, I can't say that. Let's just say you should be at home with your parents and never leave their home. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. So how's your retirement plan looking? If you were to quit your job today, how much would you receive? I know I would probably get, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm up to about 20 bucks, 20, 25 bucks. Well, the CEO of Wells Fargo, uh, you know, Wells Fargo has been under fire for uh, quite a bit, um, you know, lately for their making up false accounts. <laughs> That's a silly thing. And, uh, you know, making a bunch of fake money. Oh, a big surprise. Well, the CEO uh, uh, decided that he's going to, you know, step down. And uh, if he's, when he officially steps down, uh, his walking away money is going to be $123.6 million. Oh, yes, that's correct. And before you get pissed and saying, that's a severance package and that's why the bank is losing money, making so much money. Okay, he's going to get $25.2 million in retirement payments, plus another $20 million in pension. Deferred compensation was $4.3 million, as well as $74 million in stock he already owns. So, only $123.6 million. <laughs> I don't know how somebody survives on that. I just don't know. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The experiment was a success. Begin 
life force reboot program. Now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. That it is. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number if you wish to participate. Coming up immediately following this broadcast is Lawrence Jones. And I'm sure Lawrence will probably be talking about some politics. That's what he, uh, you know, that's what he hangs his hat on. I mean, we can talk about politics here, you know, if you want. I mean, we can, we can, we can jump into it if you want. I mean, I don't care. We can talk about, I don't know, Obamacare. Uh, you know, more than a million are going to, million more are going to lose their, their insurance because Obamacare insurers are quitting. Yeah, we could talk about that. Oh, we could talk about Michelle Obama out on the stump for Hillary Clinton saying the exact opposite of what she said, you know, years ago. Nobody cares. Everybody thinks uh, she gives such a great speech on the stump. And, uh, you know, the first the first few minutes of her speech the other day was like, a, you know, a, a speech where she's going to be running for an office. So don't be surprised to see Senator Michelle Obama. Ugh. We could talk about, I don't know, Susan Sarandon. Uh, not saying that she's a communist, but saying that Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, more dangerous than Trump, <laughs> and there's not a chance in hell somebody like Susan Sarandon is going to be voting for Trump. We could talk about that. We could talk about politics. You know, we could talk about Hillary Clinton going on Ellen DeGeneres, talking about Donald Trump, stalking her on the debate stage. Shut up. You know, I was thinking about that. And they were talking about Donald Trump's, uh, you know, walking back and forth and back and forth on the stage. But, you know, when Hillary walked across in front of where Donald was, you know, where his chair was, uh, and the camera was on her, and this is when the camera angle showed Donald walking back and forth, he wasn't stalking her. He was just getting walking on the stage. It just pisses me off, that's all. And I'm not even... We could talk about politics. I don't care. We could talk about Trump taking apart his teleprompter during a... During his uh, rally in North Carolina, you know, say, you know, remember the other day he tweeted, the shackles are coming off. I, I can, I'm not going to be restrained by anything. Donald, if you look back, and it's just a th- when you were doing so great against uh, in the primaries, uh, there were no shackles, right? You were Mr. Off the Cuff. I could say what I want. And then, and then, uh, you know, even he said, the people said, I got to be on the teleprompter. I got to be more presidential. Yeah. And those are when your numbers went up. And then when you went off, uh, the numbers went down. So now he's going to, the shackles are off. I'm going to tear down the teleprompter. I'm better without the teleprompter. I'm going to dissemble it in front of a crowd. They'll love me. You'll love me even more, right? Of course, your audience will love you even more for that, Don. I mean, we could talk about politics. I don't care. We could talk about Hillary's emails and the WikiLeaks. We could talk about the uh, you know the collusion between the FBI and the Department of Justice and the Hillary Clinton campaign. We can talk about that. You know, if you want. We could talk about the Trump groping cases coming out of the woodwork. If you want. Are they all true? I don't know. Are any of them true? I don't know. Uh, Mr. 
take the shackles off doesn't make it any better by uh you know presenting the case as if uh even if it was true look at her you know i wouldn't do that that doesn't make it better don sorry maybe you should put the shackles back on just maybe i mean we can talk about politics if you want i don't care we can talk about uh the rallies for Trump, that they despise the media, and the atmosphere is turning hostile more and more at every rally. We can talk about that. I don't think that has anything to do with him fueling the flames of how bad the media is. Do you? No. No. Of course not. Either way. See, the problem is, when we talk about politics here, either way, we're doomed. So, let's just hope and pray that it all turns out okay. Right? Donald Trump wants you to believe that the husband of the presidential candidate, his sexual escapades are horrible and go to the character of the presidential candidate. But his uh, victims, his, uh, you know, charges his the cases coming up against him alleged assaults that are 10 years old 20 years old those are so old what are we talking about him for he wants you to believe that he wants you to believe that bill clinton actually you know he actually raped somebody i didn't that was 30 years ago i didn't I heard the many Clinton haters going off about the Jeffrey Epstein WikiLeaks with and Bill Clinton being with Epstein. Tough to tough to go after Trump about that case. You know, Trump's got a case uh, going to court in December now about that very thing. Tough for the Clintons to go after Trump about that because the bill was part of that too. But again, years ago, right? We could talk about politics. Sure, why not? Let's talk about politics. Talk about all of it. We can talk about all the dingleberries that have sold their soul for Donald Trump. We can talk about all the dingleberries that have sold their soul for Hillary Clinton. And we can talk about just about every dingleberry that sold their soul for the United States of America. Just so their bank account and their home and their family would be taken care of. Yeah, we can talk about politics if you want. We can. I'll talk about it here. No problem. We can talk about my favorite story that you want to believe is true, right? Because you you probably you believe it in your heart of hearts that it's true, but you don't know it. We can talk about the longtime mistress of Bill Clinton that said he had 2,000 sex part- partners and that Hillary is a lesbian and the marriage is of convenience. 
in the new book, Hillary, the Other Woman. We can talk about that. I mean, she goes on a long tirade about having an affair with Bill since they were 12 years old and that Bill was a sex addict and she was codependent and Hillary was a sleazeball but stubborn and they're racist and Hillary, they're in it for the in it for the power and the money. Of course they are. Isn't that what they've been doing all along? Yes. And you want to believe that it's a marriage of convenience. You want to believe that a guy like Bill Clinton would have all these women, right? And you want to believe Donald Trump definitely wants you to believe that he would have all these women. They want you to believe that he was that it wasn't a joke when he walked up to the young girl and said, in 10 years, I'll be dating her. I mean, he's making a joke against himself for dating younger women, but the joke itself is true, right? No way Don's going to be with, he's 70 years old. You think Don's going to walk around with a 70-year-old wife? Not a chance. He thinks he's Mick Jagger. And in his mind, he is. I got news for you, Don. Uh, You're not. Uh, You're not. Okay? You're not. And all those friends you have? Yeah. Yeah. You know you bought them. It's okay. You bought them. It's all right. You you feel good about yourself still. We can talk about politics. Yeah, let's talk about politics. Let's talk about an election that's going to happen on November 8th. Let's talk about the early voting that's taking place already. Let's talk about who you're going to vote for. Who you're going to vote for. What difference does it make at this point? Do you think it makes a difference? Yeah, we can talk about politics. We can go into detail. We've got another debate coming up. Yay. Yay. Can't wait. We can talk about we can talk about the Clinton campaign as Hillary backs off for a little while. She's backing down. She's taking another break. Three weeks away from the election. Stop it. Hillary, get out there. You got Bill out stumping. You got Michelle out bumping. You got Barack out bumping. We could talk about the video that emerges of Barack on an airplane with an erection, and we're supposed to think, oh, God, they're all bad people. Why did we see that during the campaign? How come we didn't know? Didn't they? Didn't the Trump campaign look ahead and see what kind of things were in his closet? No, they didn't. Why would they? Donald doesn't care. Look at all the bad things about Hillary Clinton. She's evil. She's bad. Yeah, she is. And she has been. And yet, those are your binary choices. Oh, wait. Wait, there's a, there's a libertarian guy. Oh, yeah, Johnson. He's great, huh? What is Aleppo? Oh, wait, there's, uh, there's the other candidate. Oh, yeah, Jill Stein, the communist. Oh, wait, there's the other guy. Egg McMuffin. Sorry. What's his name? Oh, yeah, Evan McMullen. 
he's got a chance. He's got an outside chance. He's shown he's got to win a couple of states, bring the bring the the delegates down, bring the you know the count down so that you know nobody wins. And then it goes to the house, and then and they pick this, and they do this. We could talk about that. It's not going to happen. You know it's not going to happen. It's a pipe dream. You know that. No, but they can get the electoral votes. We get the numbers down, and we they don't win, and it goes to the house. And then, of course, the house doesn't like Donald, Donald, and they don't like Hillary, so they let him be president. You know it's not going to happen. It's a pipe dream. Can't believe in the pipe dream. And at this point, I mean, the, it's piling on for both candidates. In particular, this week, Donald Trump has been piled on, but so has Hillary. Hillary's been piled on. She's been piled on for years. For years. So has Donald Trump. Tried to tell you months ago. Did you listen? No, because that's not politician. He's not a politician. He's... He doesn't know the inside. Right. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. He only bragged about being on the inside forever. Yeah, we could talk about politics. But you know what? I don't really want to. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA, Instagram at JeffyMRA, and Facebook Jeff Fisher Radio. Mark, you are on the broadcast. Hello, sir. Good morning, Jeff. Uh, you know, politics, eh, who cares? Right? But That's right. Uh but the thing is, my concern this morning is that box you received. <laughs> yes. Now, the thing is, you go up to the box and quietly tap on it. Then you listen closely. And if you think it taps back, open it up immediately. And check on it. And if it's alive, you need to set it loose on whatever poli- whoever politician you want to throw it on. Well, thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. And, and you know what? But Hold on a second. So thank you, Mark. Take care it. of the, the, right. what's in there. You too. Okay. I actually have it over here. Hold on. We're under construction here at the Blaze Radio Network. Hold on. Ah. All right. All right. There. All right, here you go. Nope. 
I mean, I could lie, right? I could, I could say that I hear something, but no. Look at this. I want to open this box so bad. Damn you, Glenn Black. Damn you. All right. Hold on a second. I got to put it back. You know, we're under construction here at the Blaze Radio Network. And, you know, we're building some fresh, freshening up the studios. But because we're freshening up the studios, hold on. Now I'm all discombobulated. What did I do? Oh, yeah, here we go. Because we're under, you know, construction and things are all over the place, I come in this morning as long as, as long as you've got me on the subject. And a couple of the plugs on the far wall, which is underneath the desk, which is not going to be my desk anymore. Well, I guess it is kind of, but it's not. I'm being moved out of the Blaze Radio studio office that I've had for a year or two. And the computer doesn't come on. Nothing. The plugs are off. You know, we just you know what? Let's just pull the. Let's just switch the switch on the plugs. Don't worry about it. Nobody needs those. They're only for electricity to fire up machines. No one needs those. So then I have to become I, me. (laughs) I mean, me. I have to become some sort of engineer all of a sudden. Am I part of the engineers union? No. I had to crawl around under my desk and unplug stuff and find extension cords and find an actual outlet that works that will provide electricity to the machines. And then you crawl around under the desk and find the plug and do this. I, I, I was not happy. Okay, this whole remodeling thing. I mean, everybody likes everybody likes to be able to come into work and do what they do. And not have to, you know, get the whole day thrown off. So, <laughs> I was I started the show under duress a little. I, you know, I wasn't going to share it with you, but, you know, Mark brought it up and got me moving around and thinking about it. And now, now we know that whatever's in the box is not a living thing. So, sorry, Mark. It was a good idea, but we checked and it's not a living thing. So, I want to congratulate also... Uh, before the day is through here as we come up on the last half hour of the broadcast, I want to congratulate the new leader of the United Nations, um, Antonio Guterres, uh, former prime minister of uh, Portugal. Uh, he set his goals uh, as the new leader of the United Nations uh, in humility, empathy, and empowering women. <laughs> Boy. Am I glad he's in charge of the United Nations? But the best news about the United Nations to come out in the last couple days, uh, they have a new leader, and they've asked Leonardo DiCaprio to step down as his climate change role for the United Nations. Oh, darn it, Leo. Darn it. Maybe you'll just have to stop talking about it now. The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network.
The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. So the entire break, the entire time we were away, I have people uh, in New York, because you know I broadcast from uh, the Mercury Studios in Dallas, Texas. Irving to be exact, Las Colinas. Yeah, same thing. Dallas County, Dallas, Texas. The whole time I'm hearing from New York, open the box, open the box, just open it. Man, if somebody gave me a birthday present and I couldn't open it, I would just, I would stab them in the eyes with pickle forks. Okay. And I, I agree. I agree up to a point because I really do want to open it. And then I'm told, okay, well then we'll just open it and you know, just put it back together. Nobody will know. And then you can still act surprised. Right. And I want to. I mean, I want to with almost every part of my being. Because if you look at the box over here, take a look. You've seen the picture. You can see underneath. I could, you know, I could create a, it's kind of hermetically sealed on Funkin' Wagnall's porch. But you could, you might be able to tell it hadn't been open if if I opened it. But I'm always reminded when I was a kid. We went to a friend's house, and we were, this was, you know, we were snowmobiling for the weekend. Yay, wintertime activities. And we were up, they had a big, you know, they had a big farm, and, you know, you snowmobile out in the fields in the winter and through the, over the river and through the woods. And uh, it's fun, right? I mean, you get the big snowmobiles, you get the little snowmobiles. We were kids, so we ride the small ones, but, you know, you feel cool. Because, uh, you know, you get to ride the big ones once in a while and, you know, you power through and you jump over ditches and, you know, it's fun. Inside this house that we stayed at for the weekend, on the kitchen windowsill above the sink is a box that says, open in case of emergencies. I wanted to know what was in that box so bad, but it said, open in case of emergencies. And there it sat. You know, we were there all weekend. So the day we're leaving would have been Sunday. Um, I'm up early because we're going to get some snowmobiling in, you know, before we have to go. And and by the way, on that day, I crashed hard. <laughs> Because I drove the big snow. I mean, I got the big one, the monster snowmobile. And do you know that when you get that thing going, I mean fast, and you go to jump a ditch between fields, and you don't quite hit it just right. You kind of you hit it so you're kind of angled to the right a little bit, and your feet come out from underneath you, and you're just kind of hanging on that when you let go, man, and then you hit the ground, and that bad boy rolls, and you roll. It hurts. <laughs> yeah, those snowmobiles are heavy when you're a kid, man. You got to pick that thing back up on its side. Oh, man, what a pain that was. And I'm not telling anybody. There's not a chance uh, going back. I need help. It's on its side. I can't turn it over. And I crashed it because I was going really fast like you told me not to. No way. I'm, I am turning that thing over uh, come hell or high water. I'm going, I'm riding that thing back. So anyway, 
before that, on the way, I'm up early. Nobody's up. You know, just getting a drink of water at the sink. And there sits the box. Open in case of emergency. And I look to the right. Nobody's up. It's quiet. Look to the left. Nobody's up. Quiet. I even make a full 360 turn just to make sure that nobody's up. Because I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what's going to happen. And I reach up the windowsill and I open the box. And inside the box, it says, only in case of emergencies, stupid. I am so happy that no one was there to witness that. And I know now that's what it was there for. But I am not going to be the one opening only in case of emergencies and be told, hey, stupid, (laughs) I told you to wait until Monday. No, thank you. No, thank you. I've already been down that road, okay? No, thank you. Speaking of 360, we've talked a lot about uh, virtual reality on this show and what's coming down the pike. And there are they already, I mean, it's going to be some great experiences. I noticed uh, yesterday I see a, uh, a promo for the television show Rectify, which, you know, it's a good show. And they're coming up on their final season, which I also applaud them for. Uh, they've reached the end of, you know, where Rectify can go, so they're ending it. Thank you. Instead of milking it, the way shows should be today is to take it to its course and end it. However, that and that's what Rectify is doing. It's a, a Sundance show. But what they're giving you now is a Rectify 360 virtual reality experience, and you can go in and, you know, experience the prison cell that uh, he was in. Uh, in, in rectify because he was in for you know a life sentence. He was on death row and solitaire, all that kind of thing. But then I see uh, where Life Time magazine uh, is going to now have their virtual reality platform that lets you climb Mount Everest, experience Mars. I mean, there's so much cool stuff that's going to be happening. Uh, in virtual reality form that it's unbelievable. And it's going to be so cool because you're going to be able to go to every place you never went to that you wanted to go, like Mount Everest. Okay, look, when you get to be a a little over a 1,000 years old like I am, you know you're not going to ever climb Mount Everest. Okay, You haven't done it. You didn't do it when you were 20. You're not going to do it now. But you still would be cool to be there, right? That's why you watch the stupid movies. But the movies aren't going to be virtual reality. So I'm going to be able to slip the helmet on and it's going to be like I was there, which is cool. And you're going to be able to do that for some of the greatest places on the planet and outside the planet, right? You're going to be able to go to other planets. You're going to be experienced as best you can uh, 
other places off the planet and all the really cool places on the planet. Plus, and I know you're going to say, of course you talk about this, Jeff, but I'm telling you, the sex business is going to be huge, unbelievable, unbelievable. So just be prepared. I'm not saying you have to be a part of it, but I would be prepared for the virtual reality madness that's going to be coming soon. Okay? Because they're already, uh, we're coming up on uh, the Christmas holidays. Everybody wants their gifts. Everybody's going to be wanting their 360 uh, virtual reality helmet. And yeah, the first month is going to be so cool. We went to Mount Everest and we got to experience Mars and I got to see the prison cell that, that he was in and rectify. And we got to be a part of uh, the police unit that uh, went in and uh, rescued people. And we got to go stand inside what it's like to be inside a burning building and how the firemen really react. And it's going to be really cool. And then February 1st is going to roll around. And then you're going to be like, okay, well, now I'm bored. What can I do? Oh, look, here's a sex room. And then you're going to be gone forever. So just be prepared. Be prepared to be ready to face when you see people in your life that no longer want to come outside of their home, want to come outside of their room because they have their virtual reality helmet on and they're in their own world because it's going to be coming really soon. Okay? Okay. I'm just letting you know. Now, one more story that really, really, I mean, it made me so angry last night to read this story. I can't tell you. I was so pissed. The story, brand new story. Okay. In Arkansas, there's a diamond mine. Crater of Diamond State Park. Okay. Now, I'm not going to say that I was forced to go there, but I was forced to go there with my wife and my children. Okay. She wanted to go. Take the kids. Go to the diamond mine. We go spend a on vacation. We're on vacation. We can go there for a couple of days. It'll be fun. The kids will love it. And we can even camp there. Uh-uh. Okay, we'll stay in a hotel. Okay, fine. Go there. We'll see Arkansas. We'll go to the diamond mine. We'll get some diamonds. It'll be fun. Okay. So if you've never been to a diamond mine, and it's work, it's a working diamond mine. It's not like it was in the past. They have the history of the diamond mine, and it was a, a cool place to see how it used to work. And how they found diamonds and the whole history of the Crater of Diamonds State Park. Okay? And then they have this giant area that you can go out and search for diamonds. And you got to rent little shovels and rent little rakes and rent, uh, you know, uh, uh, simmers, shimmers, uh, uh, grates, you know, where you, you shake the dirt through and you're, you're looking for diamonds. And you get all that stuff, and you go out there, and it's, the good time to be there is after it rained, and then they till it up again, and the ground is loose, and you can, you're can you going to be out there. and People have found stuff here, and you can be out there, and you're going to find one. And you're going to be out there for hours in the blazing, freaking hot sun, in the middle of the summer, 
with no rain. The dirt is dry. And then you're going to read stories about a teenager who sold the 3.85 carat yellow diamond she found at the park for $20,000 the same year that you were there. And then you're going to read about the father-daughter duo that turned out a two-carat diamond that they found at the Arkansas Gem Park. And what a beautiful thing it is. You know what I found? Dirt. You know what my wife found? Dirt. You know what my kids found? Dirt. I think it's a ruse. I think I've been had by the creator of Diamond State Park. I think every so often, some guy comes by and throws out a diamond in the middle and hopes that somebody finds it. And when they do, they advertise, yes, diamonds can be found here. But the other 99.9% of the time, you know what people find? Dirt. Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Lawrence Jones standing by, ready to talk to you this afternoon on the Blaze Radio Network and, you know, let you inside a little bit of the mind of Lawrence Jones the Ugh. So, during the time uh, this weekend that you're not looking up at the Bell Helicopter Fort Worth Alliance Air Show, uh, look around. We'll be out there. Glenn's going to be out there uh, today and tomorrow signing some books. And, uh, you know, my wife will be uh, running around taking pictures. And uh, I'll be out there um, being mad at Glenn for not letting me open up my uh, my gift. Not letting me open the gift that was sent to me until Monday. So those of you wanting to know what's in the Walking Dead gift box, we'll have to wait until Monday on the radio show. And we'll Facebook Live that as well on uh, the Blaze Facebook page. Oh, oh, are we almost done with the show? It's almost over? Gosh darn it. We did not get a time to talk about Miley Cyrus and how she spoke openly about coming out as a pansexual this past week. Ah, man, I wanted to talk about that so bad. She is just, I mean, she wants people to know that, look, even though she may seem very different, uh, you know, people may not see her as neutral, but I feel very neutral. I think that that was the first gender-neutral person I'd ever met a little while ago when I first became part of the LGBTQTVB community in Los Angeles. And, man, once I understood my gender more, which was unassigned. No, it was it, it was it was assigned, Miley. I'm not sure. I know that your dad was busy on tour singing his stupid songs when you were a little baby, but you were assigned uh, gender. Um, it comes from uh, what's that guy's name? What is that guy's name? Oh yeah, God. Uh, then I know you understood your sexuality more, and I was like, oh, that's why I don't feel straight and I don't feel gay. It's it's, you know, because I'm not. Miley, seriously, uh, take it easy, okay? 
It's okay. I, I appreciate that you're, you know, that you're open to everything. And hey, as long as it doesn't involve an animal and everyone is of age, I mean, everything that's legal, I'm down with, yo. Ugh. Have a good week. See you later. And seriously, you this great is you the do. Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.